Hey guys, welcome to this edition of Mindset Body Bank. Today we're going to talk a little junior hockey. Uh, on my show today, I have uh, an old friend and a teammate back uh, from minor hockey, Mr. John Nelson. Johnny um, and I played together uh, at the Toronto Red Wings in our midget year. Uh, Johnny had then gone on and he played uh, with the Toronto Marlboros and the Kingston Frontenacs in the OHL. He won a Allen Cup in 91 playing senior hockey for PEI. Uh, he also went on and he played uh, a little bit of U sports for Canadian U sports for the University of PEI from 91 to 96 and a few years in the minor leagues as I did uh, playing for Port Huron Border Cats in the Saginaw years in the, uh, the Colonial and the respective United Hockey League. Johnny now runs a hockey school, and he has for about the last 15 years with his partner, Jimmy, Sa- Jimmy Sanmez. Uh, their school is called Proven Performance, and they are also partners in Perfecta Shot Shooter Tutor. You guys will have to check it out. I'll give you links uh, and uh, access to it at the end of the show. Johnny's going to share a little bit about his journey, and he's going to talk about how the GOJHL, the Greater Ontario Junior Hockey League, is looking for junior a status and why they should be granted it so tune in this will be a fun episode johnny and i catching up and talking a little bit of hockey uh always a blast to catch up with old buddies so let's bring them on mr john nelson uh hey guys welcome to the show i got with me today john nelson johnny and i go back about 122 years um (laughs) we have known each other for a long time played a little minor hockey uh with each other against each other uh johnny took the uh the the junior a route i went to college um and then um i think we kind of missed each other when you were at pei uh and then i because i left when I went out to Acadia, it was in 92. Anyways, Johnny, welcome to the show. Appreciate you taking time to stop by, my friend. Uh, Rob, thanks a lot for having me. It was, it was, uh, it was nice uh, to, you know, to catch up with you. And last time I saw you was about 20 years ago. So um, <laughs> I, know. It's, uh, I know we chat a little bit here and there. And uh, so I'm excited to talk about you catch up. And, and uh, let's get your perspective and my perspective on some things. Oh, absolutely. So, so, so let's, uh, let's just take a dive, a little quick dive back. So Johnny and I played together at the Toronto Red Wings and in, in minor midget, minor midget and midget. Midget, midget. midget that's right. Cause you were yep. where in minor midget? I was double A in minor midget. Yeah. I was with okay. uh, young Bruins. Yep. Young Bruins. And then Johnny comes along. We have a, a, like this unbelievable midget major team we win the gthl what was the mthl back then we win the ontarios we go to the air canada cup and uh we won every tournament i think we played in that year go to the air canada cup out in moncton we had a lot of fun out there um and we wind up uh, uh bridesmaids in that one finishing um you know second in the country which wasn't a bad year for a bunch a of uh, probably on paper not <laughs> the team that was expected to do what we did <laughs> we were we had the, that's one of my favorite years in the sense of for minor hockey because we had you look back now we had bill bowden as yep. our head coach and we had uh, gary cooper as our assistant yep. coach and they were just the right fit for our group yeah and our group we were you know we were a bunch of misfits but we oh. were excellent hockey players we were smart guys but we just loved to have fun continuously 
And I think that's really what kind of uh, put us over the edge in the end is just our closeness and the willingness to battle for each other. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, I'll tell you what, one of my favorite years also, and, and I know we, there's been a couple of talks about trying to get a reunion with that team and it's kind of fell apart, but um, I think it'd be great to get all the boys back together. Didn't we, what did we have, like 14 guys, something like that, drafted junior? Yeah, we at that time, we had the most ever drafted to the OHL. We set a record that year. I think it was 14 or 15. Yeah. Um, guys drafted and a lot of guys went on, a lot of guys went on to have good uh, college careers, OHL, uh, semi-pro careers. Uh, yeah. so it was, uh, it was an exciting NHL careers too. So yeah. it was great. Yeah, no, and, and like you said, we on paper we were not the team that was supposed to win anything that year. We we're just, you know, a bunch of guys. We had a decent year. We we had uh, yourself and Keith Osborne both come up from uh, from Double A. Both guys wind up going on to have pretty good careers. Um, you know, guys like Savo Mitrovic and uh, Big Gord Law. Uh, I mean, we just, you know, Dave Casson, Matt Brate, Freddie Pinnell. Uh, I mean, it was an unbelievable team and just, um, yeah, we had a lot, we had a lot of fun. It was a fun yeah. year. A lot I remember fun. when we were up in, uh, when finally we, we won the Ontario's and we went up, went to Moncton Yep. and that was just a, that was just a week <laughs> to never forget, man. Like we, we, we ran with, we ran with the horses and we, but we oh. showed up every game and, and the one well, game though, remember no, for the one game. Beat us 10, yeah, nothing, 10, nothing. And we had no shots in the third period or something, but then we yeah. ended up meeting them in the finals, and and uh, and we knew yeah. that uh, we we can give them a game, yeah. and uh, they happened to I think they beat a six four or something seven yeah. four empty net. It was a great game. Yep, yeah. uh, a little so. guy on their team named Rod Brendamore. He did all right. He was okay, and yeah. that backpack defenseman, he was all right. Yeah, yeah, so. it was okay. Um, so Johnny, what? Uh, so it's been a while since you and I have seen each other. We we kind of you know social media has allowed us to to stay kind of connected. What have you been up to since then? Talk a little bit about what you did after then. And, and just say, Johnny was a 10th round draft pick. So not a high pick, but went on, had a great career in the O. 100 point season I, one year. Yeah. <laughs> We're I, just shy was, of was, one point, 99 points. <laughs> hey, but listen, but listen, here's the, here's the, the flip to that is Wayne Gretzky's my favorite player. So I wanted 90, I wanted 99 points. So there you go. Uh, no, it was good, Rob. After, after uh, probably one of the last times I saw you was around 98 or something like that. And around yeah. there, I saw you. And then from there I retired. I knew I was going to retire at 30. I had a, had a, kind of a semi plan in my head yeah. and then to get on with life. So then I got into hockey schools, go back to the guys that we played against. I joined forces with Joey Simon. Yeah. Um, and uh, me and Simon, he worked together for a couple of years. That's yeah, when nice. I kind of just came back. And then, uh, I moved on to another hockey school. Then I met my wife out in Tampa. So got married. Um, another guy that we played against, Jimmy Son, as his name is. Okay. Uh, he played in Sudbury. You might not remember him. He, we might have just missed. Or No, you wouldn't have played against him. Sorry. And uh, so me and Jimmy uh, opened up a hockey school and uh, called Proven Performance Hockey yep. out in Windsor, Ontario. And we've been doing that for about 15 years now. Um, yep. And then me and Jimmy uh, uh, invented a, an invention we made with the Gill Shooter Tutors. So go back to Wayne Gretzky. He's the first one that introduced that to us. Yep. Um, and he had the perfected shot blades. I don't remember those, the blue blades. And yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. I remember yeah. that. So, well, we took that name, but we called it perfected shot. So we kind of just built off of that. And then we built off of the old shooter tutor. And we just, we built a really good mousetrap to that to make it a little bit more fun for the kids to train. So, nice. good for you. And, uh, so that's been fun. Um, I'm a director at a hockey academy for FJ Brennan and Corpus Christi. So I'm the director of skills there. So have a blast there. And then I'm a head coach and GM for the LaSalle Vipers uh, junior B team. Yep. Um, in Win it's just a, just outside of Windsor 
about 15 minutes um, in LaSalle. So it's a great spot, beautiful community, uh, very influential and uh, beautiful rink. And we have awesome ownership. So it's a very, very successful program just built from the top down. So awesome. So you, you've, you've stayed in the game for a long time, John, and, and you've, you've seen probably a lot of players come and go and, and the talent change and the development and all the skills change, you know, looking back kind of now based from when we played to, to what you're seeing now, what, what is, what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen or adapt adaptations? So great question. So tie into one, what I think where the game really changed years ago, probably 20 years ago, just after our time, unfortunately, yeah, um, was fitness. So that became the number one proponent at the time that really did uh, increase the speed of the game, the strength. So automatically, if you're willing to do that, you're going to get better. And, and to me, that's, um, it's an area that you can go in different directions. And the other thing I think now that's really, we've seen a lot more, and this is what I think is pretty cool what you're doing. Uh, with your mind body bank is the mindset of the athletes. So we have not tapped into that yet. So we're just in the, in the infant stages of that. Okay. And I think that we have to, as a, I think, as uh, I see it as a coach, personally, mm-hmm. I deal with kids. A lot of times we're, I'm very lucky. I have a guy that helps me out with, uh, he, he's an intervention officer for our team. Okay. And I've had to go to him a few times because of his expertise. And, and yeah. I'll tell you what, it made a difference in the situation. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I think that's the, that we we're, we've captured that area that fitness is, we know that we have yeah. to be there, but now we have to go mind body set. Mind body set is yeah. it's, uh, especially in today's day. Um, it's a different group of athletes mentally. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's super important that we tap into that and that they should tap into that. Besides these guys are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. Some of these people rub. Yeah. And all that we're all I'm saying is take a hundred hundred thousand dollars or out of that and take a couple grand yeah. and go get a go get a, a mindset coach that's okay. gonna help your kid out. Whether he makes it or not, things yeah. that you're gonna do for that kid mentally, and you might save a lot of kids because they're gonna start talking to you and, and that just goes into a whole bunch of different areas. So. Well, you know what, John? I'm gonna I'm gonna slide you a hundred bucks uh, through a, a, an e-transfer just for that that promotion there, brother. Um, no, listen, I, I this is it. absolutely not rehearsed. Just anybody's listening. Johnny and I are just actually catching yeah. up. We're talking. We're gonna do a catch up online here. Um, but it, but it goes to show you, Johnny. You know, I've had an opportunity to chat with some old some old names from our past. Um, you know, guys like Robbie Wilson, who's coaching in Peterborough. I've had Mike Fuda on the show. Um, Davis Payne, who I played with at Michigan Tech, who was coaching in Ottawa. All of them sort of the same thing. So we were all cut from the same sort of cloth, the same time frame, right? Where, it, you know, when a coach walked in the room to talk, everybody shut up, you listened, and you really didn't have ask any questions. You just did what he told you to do. But f- through talking to those guys, what I'm learning is it's really this open door policy now. Right. So absolutely. Conditioning, nutrition have become so important, Um, you know, and we both know guys that have played at, you know, the NHL level for years. And we've watched them transition through their career where, you know, summertime was for fun before. And now it's, you know, it's a full time job, nutrition and conditioning. If they take, you know, a couple of days or a week off that, uh, you know, that that was a big deal. Um, and, and, you know, so when I talked to, you know, Rob Wilson and, and, you know, uh, 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 James Richmond, who's coaching the steelheads, their, their mentality now is, you know what, these kids are coming in and they've got questions and JR says it the best. He goes, I gotta be like the Google button, 
right? So he's showing his age, but the way he, he expresses it, yeah. but he's true yeah. because they have questions. You got to have answers. They can't send you away anymore with the answer, stay patient and work hard. It just doesn't work. And that's what yeah. I was told, you know, when I ran into adversity, when I was playing at school or in the minors, just keep your head down, you know, be patient, work hard. What the fuck yeah. does that mean to a 17, 18, 19 year old kid? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. We have that now, Rob. I'll share with you a little bit what we do. And it's basically exactly what you just talked about. And it's very, we talk about it a lot that we have an open door policy. And I'll tell you what, man, it's really paid off. And I'm going to say for myself, uh, you know, selfishly on that part, I've learned a lot by having that transparency. I've learned a ton. I'm still learning a ton. And then the kids, I've, I've had a kid, for instance, wasn't anything major, but he was, wasn't doing well in school. But he didn't want to tell his friends and he didn't want to tell me. And he got into, so finally he came in and kind of told me about it. And then I'll tell you what, the next five games, he was the best player in the league. It was unreal. Yeah. Like I've seen it firsthand. Yeah. And to me, that will always impact my way of thinking like that. And uh, it was interesting. The other day, I was with uh, who, somebody was talking about uh, one of the coaches, a coach that I know that they, they have this. Oh, my Andy Delmore from, from LaSalle. He played okay. in the NHL. And Delhi was saying the concept now is we don't make the kids fear, but they got to have respect. So we don't want them on the bench fearing to make a mistake. But they also at the same time, you have to garner that respect in different ways now instead of throwing garbage cans or sticks or. Yeah. And I'm, and listen, I, I was like that at one point, I could sure. sit here and tell you that. And just by growing, getting older and having kids, I've learned that that's not the way to go. That's not how I want to be treated. Yeah. So there's a time and place for it. So it's uh, so true. Uh, what Rob's saying it's in, and, uh, and, and your other co-host, your, your other host there. Yeah. That was, that was JR from the, from the Mississauga Steelheads. And yeah. it, it, it's kind of refreshing to see too. So, you know, like I got into this gig, Johnny, after, you know, after at, when I got done playing, um, I left the game with a bad taste in my mouth, you know, and, and I used to think I hated the game. I didn't hate the game. I hated what I allowed myself to become because of the game, because there wasn't somebody like me to talk to. Right. And look, we, we played in the, in the age where, you know, you got a tap on the shoulder, you went out and you did what you had to do. Right. And, you know, both of us had some talent. We didn't necessarily had to do it. Obviously the points in the, in your, in, in the last total on yours added up to more than, than what mine ever did. But, but I got pegged into a role really quickly in the minors and, and, you know, you do what you think you have to do, but I lost it, the passion for playing. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And it was that, and it was, and I, I did too. I could truly say the same thing. And, and I love what you said. I never really put it in that perspective before is, as, as I, as I allowed, the stuff, the environment that we were first, first of all, the environment that we were educated in at the time yep. was we weren't into what we're doing today with all the mind coaches and everything, but I'm the same. And as I look back, I don't, and like you, obviously not a lot of regrets, but we try to pass on, listen, here's our experience. It's pretty yeah. deep experience to be quite honest with you. It is. Um, with the stuff that we ever got into it, it'd be crazy, right? We well. can't, um, but it's now it's, it's who you are today. You yeah. know, and, and that, that's a big thing that I always tell my guys is let's, we, we got to own our story. Yeah. So what, what's your story? It, yeah. That's your story. I don't care. I don't, I don't care, but that's who, yeah. that's why you are who you are today. Yeah. But as long as you're learning, as long as you're going, that's the, that's the key thing. So. And, and I think you, you touched on something, it, you know, you use the word to store your story, right? We all have our own story, things that, you know, happen within our lives that, that uh, put us in a position to make a choice or a decision. 
right? And how, what I've learned now, at, you know, and I know you got a birthday coming up, so happy early birthday, brother. We're both heading you to 52. Um, it, it, <laughs> when the hell did that happen? <laughs> um, but but it's, it's these decisions and these choices that we make along the journey, right? And I think part of, part of my story was not only what I played when I walked away from the game 22 years in the corporate world, which, you know, wasn't much better than the experiences that I had as a player at the time. You learn it's very cutthroat there too. And so the, for me, the life-changing moment was in 2015 when I was in that motorcycle accident. And I had 40 days on my back wondering, hey, am I going to be alive? I got two young kids. I was going through a divorce. What is this? Why am I here? And I constantly ask myself that question. And it was a nurse that came in to me, and I share this. I've shared it a few times in my story, but she said, "You know, you you're a big guy. You survived when most people wouldn't. You've been given a second chance at life. Don't waste it." And I didn't know what that meant at the time, but as I went through, you know, six surgeries and two years of recovery it started to all come back to me now. And I, and I owned every situation in my story where I used to point the finger and blame and say, Oh, yeah. fucking coach screwed me. He didn't like me. Why didn't I get the ice time? You know, and, and, or I didn't get the promotion or this guy passed me. Why? And I always had reasons and excuses, you know, and when you're on a certain trajectory and all of a sudden you hit some adversity, like we're all going to do, and you don't know how to deal with that other than point the finger and blame, it becomes, it becomes very easy to do over and over again. Right. It is. It's, it's a spiral downward. It's yeah. it. That's it. I've been in it too. I'm, you know, I'm still working on it you know, today. You know what I mean? We like, all are. Right. And so, I think that's the important thing now that we can share with the kids that we work with or the young pros that we work with is you're going to run into adversity, how you deal with it. On the other side of that is going to be success. If you make the right decisions coming through it. Right. Yes. And how you deal with that personally. And and I like to I refer to it, Johnny, as in my program, I have what is called the cool blue center. So if you ever look at a, at a map of, uh, it, you know, when a, when a storm is coming up through Florida, you know, and it's devastating and it's all this red and orange around the outside. If you look right in the middle of the storm, it's a cool blue center. Right. And right so so in that cool blue center is where we have to find. Um, ourselves. And if we can go to that, it's a neutral place where we can determine, you know, are we going to react from emotion or from behavior? Right. Super hard. And, and, oh, it's super hard, super yeah. hard. And, and, you know, you got kids, I got kids, you know, we, we, you're coaching, I'm working with them, you know, putting aside your behavior, your, your emotion and reacting from a, a behavior, which has to start with a consciousness before it becomes unconscious is such a critical way to think, to get yourself through those situations. Cause we're all going to be presented with them. And, and it's, it's constantly learning. Like, fuck it. Look at all these books I got behind me. This is shit that I read now. You couldn't get me to read that when I was being told to read it. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? right. That's right. And, and I'm mm -hmm. learning so much more about myself and, and how I can be of service and help others. You're in a great position to do this. You're working with young minds, young athletes, and, you know, I'd like to know more about your, your process and your program on developing these guys, because you and I have been through the trenches. We both know there's a very, 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 very small percentage of these guys that are going to get paid to play, never mind, you know, playing in the NHL. 
Yeah, no, you're bang on. Like I was so Rob, so back it's um, from 2012 to 2017, I coached uh, assistant coach with the University of Windsor. Yeah. So I had the I had the uh, great opportunity of coaching with Kevin Hamlin, who's a legend around. He's won all his life. He's a winner. This guy's work ethic is is I'm, I'm literally telling you like, it's off the charts. I've never seen anything like it. So I actually even learned my work ethic as a coach from him and what it takes by watching it. Right? Sure. And oh, I kind of lost what's going. Um, oh, so ham. So anyways, he was in there and he says, when I, when I got with him, he says, here's my goal. My goal is always, it's about the experience of playing the camaraderie. So that's, that's his motto is it's about, all about the experience and, and, and yeah. creating that experience and then letting the players so that's my, and I fell in love with that, to be honest with you, because yeah. I saw it for five years and I saw what it did to our teams and how positively it impacted our teams. Yeah. So that's my, that's, that's my goal. Yeah. So my goal is to, to create the best experience. And, and I know we don't like to hear this, Rob, but only one team wins in the end of that's each it. division. Yeah. So, you know, the NHL is coming up here. Montreal has done a fabulous job and Tampa Bay. Well, one of them are going to be, they're going to, they're going to finish the champion and the other is going to be a loser like the rest of them. Yep. You know, so that's the other part of the mentality that I bring in is I bring in that that's type of mentality that and, and I'll tell you, I tell people I learned it from the GTA and I'm playing with you guys. I was fortunate to win a ton and yeah. um, every level that I played at. And it was just a mindset that I have is that, you know what, if there's we have 26 teams, 25 are losers. Doesn't So out of those 25 teams, we we can all sit here and say we were a close knit team. We were a close knit team. Well, maybe they were a little bit closer, got the breaks that won it, but we have to create that experience with those other 25 teams, you know, and yeah. it's, it's super, super important that we impact these guys um, tremendously. Like, and, and I'll go back just a little while ago and, and he was our coach. I was sitting here one day and just whatever, just doing my thing. And I said, you know what, I'm going to reach out to Bill Bowden on LinkedIn. Nice. So I reached out to Bill and I said, I just said, Bill, how you doing? I hope things are well. Yeah. And I uh, just, I just want to say thank you for everything you did for me. He's the one that took me from double. He cut me out of triple A, yeah. but then realized he made a mistake the following year. He came to me early and says, we want you. Yeah. And he's, he's the big reason along with other people, but and that for that puzzle of my life yeah. is a big reason that I, today I'm making money in the game in yeah. a totally different way that I would love to. Um, but I love it. And yeah. so we have to create that. Like we have to generate that experience. Yeah to keep growing whatever game it is or whatever business it is. And it just grows and grows and it manifests itself. Yeah. Easy to talk about though. So well, look at, I mean, here you were presented with an opportunity and you didn't realize it. Right. Okay. So you had a choice to make Johnny and minor midget when, when Bill Bowden cuts you, you could have taken, you could have taken an approach. Fuck you, Bill. I'll never play for you. Why could you do this? Even though you knew and probably everybody else knew that you should have been there, but you didn't. So, and I had a similar experience earlier after playing with the Marlies for four years, getting cut in Bantam after I was assistant captain the year before. And then John Hope comes in from the reps, takes over the Bantam team and I get cut. I went down to double A, hat in hand. I said, okay, this is what I got to do. Well, I could have sulked about it. You probably could have sulked about it. We crow for a couple of days. We jump back on the horse and go, okay, fuck it. Now I got something to prove. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what's the value to that? Like, yeah, I can't like, I tell a lot of our parents that I coach when in hockey schools and then we talk and this type of subject comes up, but those experiences are like, they're invaluable. Like you can't teach them as a parent. No, you can't teach them as you have to let. And problem is now is that we're, we're, we're cuddling too much. 
because they're right because we're feeling the pain we feel the pain and now yeah. we get it right yeah but our parents felt the pain we don't think yeah. they did but they were old school they yeah. felt the pain man they were hurting for you but they also understood to let us and i think that's what me and my wife do with our with with our daughter kylie like we we, we don't she's a single kid so we spoil her yeah. but at the same time there's got to be times where she has to go through the pain on her own and yeah. experience it and then and and uh, i think i personally that's just the proper pathway yeah, I, I think so. And, and look, you know, I, you know, your dad was a great man. I remember him on the road trips and, uh, you know, oh, it was yeah. so much fun. Right. And, and, you know, we were pretty lucky, I think, because our parents, um, our fathers allowed us to play the game and make those decisions. Right. And they would show up and they'd support. I didn't, I don't remember too many car rides home where some, you know, and I hear this from kids today where the parents are just chirping them the whole ride home. Right. My bit, my dad never yelled unless I wasn't working hard. And that was about it. You know? That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, me too. I was, I was right. at Seneca College playing for the young Nats. That's where yep. they practiced at. Yeah. Came out with my bag on my shoulder, eh? Come out. I'm laughing, giggling, whatever. And the, all the dads are just hanging out, shooting shit. So I come up and you get there. Hey, what's going on? And dad goes, let's go. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then my mind, my mind got speeding, right? What did I yeah. do at school? Did I get who, like, did I, whatever, what happened? I was just going through, he gets in the car and he said, son, he says, you ever work like that again in practice? He says, you'll never play the game again. And I was sitting in the passenger seat, looking at him. It scared, not scared the shit out of me. I got the message. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Rob, that was an impact moment for me. Yeah. Could I have worked harder? Yeah, I could have. But that, after that, you, one of the things that you want to leave a legacy for yourself and one of mine is that work ethic and that willingness to stick up for my teammates. That's one of the ones I, but, and that's, that moment taught me that, you know, and, and it's, and that's all we need to do. Like that was a simple message and he was stern when he did it. He was, yeah. Oh yeah. But got the message, yeah. you know, so uh, it was, I, I, uh, it was similar great experience, you know, with, with my dad too. Yeah. Very rarely said anything, but I, I remember, I, I forget it was, we were, I forget who we were playing against. I think I was, I was with the Marlies. We were playing at North Toronto. Might have been the Nats because we played the guys there, Nats there quite yep. a bit. And I remember getting in the car after the game. And I, I, I knew I didn't, I didn't put the effort in. And he just said, he goes, stop wasting my fucking time with that effort. He goes, I don't care about mistakes. But if you're not going to try, I don't need to drive you to the rink. And I just remember, I remember that just sitting in the car going, okay. All right, I got to show up and just put the effort in. And he never got mad at mistakes. And I think, you know, you brought up something too. You said legacy. And I think that's something that, you know, we really got to start to create some thought behind with these young guys and, 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 you know, start to have them think about what do you want your legacy to be? How do you want to be known? Right. And, and it's kind of a crazy thing to get young kids to think about. Right. Oh, I can even answer that at that age. (laughs) I, I know, but, but, nobody really talked about that and i think with all the information that the kids have available to them today you know being able to just give them some time put your phone down and listen right and and i like to do things now where i work things backwards what's your goal what's your mission you know and and what do you want to achieve okay now let's fill in let's fill in the space going backwards because Getting to that is just going to be what I, what I call it's part of the finish line and and we're going to have many finish lines in our life. And if your whole goal is just to get to the finish line and you think that it's all about the celebration, it's not 
right? That's it's that's the finish it. line syndrome. It's it's what you've created along the way, that journey. And if you're not enjoying that journey and, and learning as you're going, Johnny, how many times did we win championships that year in tournaments and stuff? And what do we talk about? We talk about all the things that happened leading up to it. Very rarely do we talk about, you know, standing there with the trophy on the ice. It's the stuff in the locker room, the practices that, you know, the, 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 the tournaments, the fun that we had, it was all of those points in the journey that got us to those places where we were able to capitalize on it, have some fun and bring a bunch of guys together and, and create a winning environment and a culture. And I think that was the thing, you know, you talk about creating experiences, that culture that we are, we are, have the opportunity to create for these guys and bringing the right people in. Um, is is so critical, I think, to that experience. We had an unbelievable culture, probably not not one that a lot of other guys could have endured. And a, yeah, that was a that was a fun culture. But you know, and I and I'm gonna go back. It's funny that like so all my experiences of winning as a coach and winning as a player. Yeah. So I can truly go back, and it's and it's interesting because it kind of goes against things a little bit, like the the fitness and all that stuff. But the teams that I always won with were crazy. Yeah fun crazy yeah. fun yeah we that you want to name any creature that 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 in society it was in the room yep you know and it was those guys and then you said a great point can you handle it mentally there's a lot of guys that can't take that culture yeah you know and but those are the cultures even the last time we won even with the university of windsor we won the all ontarios we had a group of guys that were self-motivated yeah. but we had a culture in there you can go around the whole room and say this guy's going to do this yeah. this guy man might end up in jail this guy yeah but all amazing guys. Yeah. And just, it was just a great experience. And I just, if I, if I look back all the way and it was just how we all, it was just creating that culture. And then the coach just let it manifest and just make sure that it's not, yeah. you know, getting out of hand. So getting out of hand. Yeah. Interesting. I know. And, and look at, I mean, times are different. We, we, a lot of times we can go back to those memories and we can, we can talk about them and they're great to remember. They, they probably wouldn't hold up in today's game. No, no. <laughs> you know, the players are so much bigger, stronger, faster, more disciplined and talented. It's, it's ridiculous, right? For our time, it worked and it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. You know, but now you bring that forward you know, um, into today's game. And, and, you know, what does that look like? You, you're in the locker room with these young guys, you know, you've, you've coached successful, you know, college and junior teams. What does today's culture look like? What is it? What is it demanding? Wow. It's, that's a great question. Cause I talk about it and, and it's an area that I, that I know that I work on, but yeah. I try and let it manifest itself. But we, a lot of these guys are into their iPods and their ears. And so I, I think that's a real part of the game. I know, I'll go kind of be easier to explain for me is yeah. my time. I, I always made sure the last 20 minutes before we went out, I call it lock and load. Yep. So I'd still have fun in that 20 minutes, yep. but it'd be a little bit more serious. Yeah. But right up to that point though, yeah. my favorite time in hockey, Yeah. you know? So, and I think these kids are missing that and they're getting their own experience their own way because they never, uh, they've never experienced that culture. Yeah. So their culture is totally different, but we walk in, it's like, ear pods in, they're getting ready. They're doing their own thing. They're getting geared up there. And I get it. Cause music, you know, it's a great sure. thing. Music's an awesome thing, but it's that, that's the type of, uh, you know, when you walk into, you got to be careful. Right. And they're, I don't find them as much raw, raw, Yeah. you know, like, uh, holding each other accountable. Yeah. So like one of my missions this year is going to be accountability nice. and it's just going to be holding each other. You like, I try to teach them 
you, you need to hold yourselves accountable in the room. You know, like the captain should be looking after issues. If it goes beyond that, then it has to come to the, it comes to your coaching staff. Then you work on it together. Right. Yeah. And it's tough to create that accountability. And, yeah. you know, there's lots of variables to it, social media and everything that's going on, but it's, it's something that we're going to work on this year as a team is to have that more uh, throwback slash modern, that culture. Yep. I know you started to create that, but that's kind of what I'm looking for. And I want them to enjoy that experience of jabbing each other, yeah. encouraging each other, you know, it, it, just learning about each other, you yeah. know? And I, I think so. that's, I think that's so important today too. You know, if you can do that, because, uh, you know, and I'm working with a couple of, uh, a couple of teams here in the city and, and I'm starting to see, you know, even though we've been in, in lockdown, you know, I get these kids, these, you know, that were our age at the time they were, well, it's a year earlier now, uh, the, the draft year. So I got kids that are going into their draft year. I got a couple of AAA teams and the exercises that I'm doing with them, you know, are all about creating that, um, first being accountable to yourself, but then, you know, creating accountability to look around the guys beside you and know who they are. Some of these kids haven't even met yet, A, because of COVID, and they haven't even been able to get, you know, have team things together. So, you know, we're meeting like this via Zoom. Thank God for social media. Um, yep. But at the same time, you know, we kind of lose that sense of, of person because we're so trapped in these little silos of self-entertainment all the time. So being yeah. able to drop it, like I tell, you know, I know these kids, they're, they're probably zoomed out, right? Because they've, they're going to school and it's on zoom. And then I get them at the end of the day and, you know, it's zoom phones are down. I want to see your face, put your face in the middle of the screen. Mike's off. This is open dialogue. And, and some of the things that I've been able to do with these guys is for me, I, I love seeing, you know, breakthrough moments or kids starting to come together or start to push themselves Right. And then yeah. we create like a little group chat for the days that we're, we're not live or, or on a uh, on a video call and how they're creating accountability for each other. You know, who got up and who did a workout and sending in a green check mark? You know, who's finished their morning journal sending in a green check mark? You know, and yeah. then the other guys are looking at it going, oh, fuck, everybody else is. I better catch up because I don't want to be the guy not participating. Because now when we hit the ice or we get together as, as a group training. I'm going to be, feel like I'm left out and I yeah. want to be a part of this team. And I like the culture that these guys are bringing. So it's, you know, I think it's so important what you're doing as a coach to create that level of accountability first to self, but then, yeah. you know, because if you do that, then it automatically spreads to the guys beside you in the room. Yeah. You know, and I'll, I'll tell you when you say as accountability to yourself too, like, and, and I think, you know, I, I like to think this is one of my assets to coaching is I remember a game we had a couple of years ago that we were in Strathroy. And, and uh, I didn't coach very well. I know I didn't. So I went in after the game and I said, guys, tough. It was a tough game. Right. Yeah. Um, and I said, listen, I'm set up. We're going into it. We were going into the next night. And I said, I'm telling you right now that I'm going to be a better coach tomorrow. And you guys are going to be a better team tomorrow together. Like you need to play better. I need to be better. And I don't know if that's too transparent sometimes. I, I, but I, I was like, I, I recognize it. I took accountability right away. I think I needed to let the players know. Yeah. But the next night, Rob, we were our whole coaching staff. We did a nice job of coaching. We played a great game. We won a big game. And it was, uh, you know, it, 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 I think it's super important, but it's hard to do. It's hard to do when you're in a leadership role. Well, you know what, Johnny, I, you know what, that, what, what comes to mind when you say that is the word vulnerability. 
And I think, you know, if you look what's going on at the pro level and in a lot of sports right now, you know, that old suck it up and just get out there and, and don't worry about how you feel. Okay, there was something to be said about that at the time, but we know now we're all human beings. We have motions, we have feelings, right? Doesn't mean we're soft or we can't get the job done. So what you felt was something in your gut that said, this is a moment for me as a coach when I can be a little bit vulnerable to my team and let them know that what? I'm not perfect. I fucking make mistakes. And I wasn't on my game tonight. And I think what you're able to do there is you just double down on the respect from these kids because you're able to take a moment and it doesn't mean you do that all the time, but you take a right. moment and say, Hey, you know what guys, I wasn't on it tonight. I wasn't on it. And this isn't your bl to blame. This is on me. And, and now you're, you're telling them I will be back tomorrow and I'm going to make a difference. And so will you, I mean, exactly. that, that's the, as simple as it sounds, there's a little bit of vulnerability coming from an authority figure, a coach, somebody that they're looking up to lets them know that, Hey, it's okay. We're all going to yeah. make mistakes sometimes, but how we respond to those mistakes is going to be super important on our success going forward. Yeah. And you know what, Rob, too, and I forget, I truly forget this all the time. And I'm, it's because it's super hard to be aware of, but when somebody's off, it doesn't matter if you're in corporate world, you're in the hockey world, but you're an athlete, we don't know what just happened. Exactly. We, we do not know where what, their house they came from. Yeah. A lot of these kids get dropped off. Yep nice cars and have fun son and it's not it's it's all optics right yeah. and so and that's one of the things that changed me too is getting into realizing that these like we have a rule with our team tuesdays and thursdays we practice yeah and not a rule sorry one of my uh part of building culture is that i want that this to be when you come in tuesday at three o'clock and we leave at six o'clock i want this to be three hours that you forget about everything you forget about your home you forget about your girlfriend, you forget about your phones, you forget about the issues that you had at school, whatever it is, and you just go out and what an opportunity to burn energy and go. I wish I knew more about that when I was that age yeah. too. We were doing it without not knowing it. Yeah. Um, you didn't have you all know. the distractions that kids have today too, right? Yeah, no, 100%. Not, so not that's, that we that's... didn't have, not that guys didn't have personal issues or things going on at home, but, you know, we weren't distracted by social media and phones and, and you know, trying to look good all the time. Yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent, and it's it's just that you just gotta you gotta help create that. You gotta have that time where they come in, and and I go back to what Andy Delmore said. It, it was he just said it to me the other night, Friday night. We we got together with a group of guys, we're having a few pops, and he's, he coaches Toledo in the East Coast League. Okay, and uh, and he just said you can't the kids can't fear. They have to know. He said he he brings his D partners uh, his D core in every game. Yeah, and he says, listen, everybody's playing tonight. Everybody's playing. So if you make a mistake, it's okay. Yeah. You should learn from it. This is in the pros. Yeah. You know, and he that Toledo team, they do really well every year. He's, yeah. he's an assistant coach. He's a big part of that. Yeah. Um, and I love that concept. And what it does too, I think it takes the stress off with the, the coach as an individual. Yeah. And I think you get to focus more on the game, what's happening in the game. Yeah. And more strategize or, yeah. or just watching for the, the, you know, they call it play in the right way now. Yeah, you know, looking for those things in the game. So yeah. it's a, that's I think great. that's important, John. Kudos to you for a for carving out that space and being vocal about it with the kids coming in and saying, "This is three hours for you." Really, that's what it, this is three hours just for you. Nobody else. Put yeah. your phone down. Come here. Let's go to work. Let's have some fun. Let's become better. Right. Yeah. If you can do that in the three hours, and then you know the next phase is 
okay, how do we take that and extend that to not just the times at the rink, but give them the tools to think about that from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed, thinking about preparation through the day, recovery after, all of these things. Um, you, you know, there's so much more. But I think starting at this age with just, this is a safe place for me for the next yeah. three hours. That's and what I we call it. We myself, call it safe place. You know, I think it's so important because there's so much pressure, I think, on the kids today, the young guys today versus when we were playing just because of phones and social media and, you know, clothes. I, you know, I don't remember, you know, having to keep up with the the shoes that I was wearing or the jeans that I was wearing or, you know, I was just worried about how much hairspray I had going at the time. And I wish I had hair to put hairspray in these days. (laughs) And for the record, he had a great do. You 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 had the model. You had the model do at one point. Johnny, yeah. you had the best hair. I'll tell you what, because you do. You had the I don't give a shit hair. Oh, it was just. I told my daughter, I it was blonde, and it was it just, just poof. Oh, it just man. I couldn't do nothing with it. So I was like, whatever, whatever. So, that's funny you said go, that, right? Yeah, that's a little joke in the house. That. that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. So um, but, yeah, go ahead. No, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna uh, just uh, take the, uh, an opportunity to to talk about some junior hockey. If, if let's that do works it, for let's you. jump in because so so let's set the stage up a little bit here for anybody that's listening because we got a bit of a, a diverse audience. So right now, you know, John's coaching what we call junior B. Back when we played junior B, it was different. Right. There was kind of tier two junior A and then there was junior B and you played junior B if you were trying to get a scholarship or tier two. If you're trying to get a scholarship, you didn't make a major junior team. So we've got these different classifications and the, the greater Ontario Junior Hockey League, the, the G is classified as junior B now. And there's this movement to reclassify it. And John's right. a big part of this, John. So sh- so give jump in there. Yeah, well, yeah. So that's about as much as opportunity. I know. I, I, no, it's you're you're bang on, and I'll just give you more details to it. Yeah. It's not so so much that it's not that um, I'm obviously involved, but there's obviously there's the the OHA Hockey Canada, right? And all the membership owners are more into the red red tape stuff that they got to figure out. Um, but what we're 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 just trying to tell the community is this, and we think it's I think it's very cut and dry. I don't think there's really an argument to it. We have the second biggest footprint in Canada. Um, in, in the G, if you will. So from Windsor all the way to St. Catharines, we have 70,000 people that play minor hockey to junior B hockey to tier two. That's a major, that's a uh, junior B. That's a major footprint. Yeah. That's a huge footprint. So, but we're all, we're stuck in junior B. So all we're saying is, listen, there's these other, these other little up North, they got these little communities that are junior A, you know, out West, some little communities that don't have the, definitely don't have the population we do. Yep. And that, look, we, we, we want junior A. Here's one reason why, like, this is, this doesn't make any sense to us. And just, we're just trying to make the uh, community aware of that, that what's going on and that why, one reason why we should be right. So it's, it's really been really interesting to find out all this information as we move forward. Yeah. Um, the other big one to it is, and, I, and I'll tell you, I'll give you a, a story to it is we got guys that are leaving for junior A all the time. And what happens is, yeah. Um, uh, there's junior A uh, leagues that don't have to call you. They can just, they can just pick off your guy if they like him in junior B and they just give you a set amount of money. That's it. And it's not very much. Yeah. Right. And so, and what's happening is, but the, some of the guys that are leaving, I'm, I'm going to use LaSalle. Yeah. Well, I 
Hold on a sec, John. I don't know if you can hear me. My my screen yep. froze. Okay, keep going. Gotcha. Yeah. So it gives those. It, so those kids think well, they believe because these guys have one. They have a big uh, a tournament where all the NHL sc scouts come in and everything, and all the junior A teams show up, and you know they get NHL guys at their game, scouts at their game. Well, we do too, yeah. not as much, but it, we just feel like we keep getting pushed down. Right. And, you know, it was just, it's, it's time to come out and, and speak and let the community, you know, let the community make their judgment, which has been very supportive. And really it's, you know, and the other flip side to that is we're saving these local kids a ton of money. Yeah. So our goal is not to necessarily jack prices up, right. And meet other standards. Yeah. Our goal is to make sure that these kids want to stay home. They can save a ton of money by staying home. They get to it, and you alluded to it earlier, not many of them are playing in the NHL. So now let's say they have a great career in the community or they get really involved in the community through their team. Now they're networking themselves, a place where they're most likely going to live, not necessarily, but most likely they're going to live yep. and let them start developing those relationships. And you know what it's like what hockey and sports do for you. If you're a top player on a team and you're always getting articles on you, you're a good person, you're a good human being. Yep. Well, that's going to that's going to present opportunities for you. Yeah. And we know now today, I didn't know at the time what that does for your resume yeah. as you're starting to come through. Absolutely. So that's well, that's yeah. another one that we uh, that we want to keep our local talent. We want to draw those people to our game. Yeah. You know, and save them money and save the family stress and save the families from driving four hours there, four hours back like our parents used to do. Yeah. Right. To go different standard. Right. But yeah. your dad would drive to Michigan, go see you, probably stay a night and drag, get on his horse to save himself a hundred bucks or whatever the night after your game. Right. And we don't, we're trying to avoid that now. So there's a whole different bunch of avenues you can go with that. But so these are the things that we're really trying to, trying to really let people know about and then really encourage, you know, the OHA and the hockey Canada to please like we, we want, we want a reclassification and we're going to represent really well too. Yeah. So. Is there a stigma, John, that's attached to junior B versus junior A you know, and, and you kind of alluded to it a little bit, right? I mean, you, you know, there's a lot of talented kids that come out of the area that you're, you know, the, the, the GOJHL represents. How many of them are just jumping just to play for a junior A team when the competition is probably equal? Yeah. There well, I'll, tell the you, I'll tie you right into your story you just talked about. I got a player, an unbelievable defenseman. This kid is, he's got, he's got potential to do stuff. He went out to junior A during, we traded him to junior A during COVID. So he's, he's looking, he's reached out now and said, Hey, how real is this? Yeah. You know, are we, are we going to be a, are we like, what's going to, what's it going to be? And I said, well, here's my answer to everybody. And man, is that it could be tomorrow. Could be a year from now. It's the, it, it's the, they got to work out the red tape stuff behind the scenes. All those guys that get all the big money, <laughs> right. Let them go work out that stuff. But, but there's now drawing back interest into I would love to live at home. Yeah. Exactly what he said. Love to live at home. This kid's a uh, brilliant, like he's a 90% student, 95% student. And he goes, and I want to play with my friends. And if it can be at a, like what type of testimonial is that? Like how many kids do we have to bring to you yeah. and say that to, we shouldn't have to bring hundreds. If we can yeah. get, you know, and I think every team can sit here and attest to that. If we went to every team, which we're doing now within our campaign, sure. we're trying to let people know through, not through my eyes, yeah. But also through the players' eyes and through the GM's eyes. Yeah. A lot of players that played there that went on to the NHL, got yeah. D1 scholarships. They got a great living now. So these are the things that we're really pushing. And I really don't think there's a fight to it. 
Yeah. And I think it's just, I think it's just hopefully that we can recognize the sense and be common sense about, uh, be sensible about it and, and uh, let us go to a, and let's, let's grow the game. Yeah. You know, as we talk about all the time, yeah. we talk about growing the game. So let's, let us go to a, yeah. there's a lot of junior C teams. Yeah. So those C teams, we have three, four junior C teams in our area. Yeah. Maybe one of them might go B. I, like, I don't know. I'm just talking out loud. Sure. And then all of a sudden they bump up to be, we just grew the game. Yeah. We just made the game better. Yeah. No, I, I love that idea, so. Johnny, of growing the game. And I think it's, it's a, it's a great way. And, you know, you would think Canada being hockey, what it, what it is here that they would have the foresight to, to see how can we continue to develop it. Right. And, and develop our players long-term, true long-term development. You know, the little bit that I was involved in the game when my son was playing before he decided to pack it in, and I'm in a small community. I'm in I'm in Waterdown, Flamborough, so I'm not part of the GTHL. We're part of the OMHA. It was just the the mentality here was just was small town, and it was very kind of clicky, you know. And I kind of moved in here and and kind of threw my hat in the ring and wanted to help and to grow the game. And the challenge was I was shut out, you yeah. know. And, and I, and I found that really kind of odd because I came in not to do anything for myself or even for my kid, because I wanted to help the whole organization, but yeah. you get these yeah. old boys. Right. And so, you know, you're butting up against this tradition and this legacy of, you know, hockey Canada. And, you know, I've been through some of the coaching programs I've been through the, you know, their long-term development, you know, plans, they throw money at the elite. You know, the AAA kids and junior kids, you know, yeah. that are going to that next level that are going to potentially represent Canada in some way or where, you know, wear a Canadian flag or, or go to the next level. And I think that's where my opinion, and you've been around a longer, where we're kind of missing. We need more of this grassroots development. We need to be able to take these fucking labels off of things and say, hey, you know what? LaSalle is a legitimate contender. They've got, you know, a team that can compete at any junior A level outside of major junior across the country. Why not give them the junior A status? Because the community is, is only limited by, you know, a certain population. That's what's yeah. determining the label on the team. Yeah. You know, what and if we, we changed it to double it? We changed it to, to junior A and let these communities draw from other smaller communities around to build better teams. And yeah, keep the and, kids there. That's yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go back. To, no, you're bang on, and I'm going to support you here. And one of our, um, you know, our points that we're talking about is that okay, so we have a seventy thousand foot uh, person footprint. Yeah. Okay, seventy thousand hockey player footprint. Yeah. Right. So, it, with it, with uh, within that footprint. So what did you just say GTHL has sixty thousand. Right, sixty or seventy thousand. Well. We have a little bit. We have a little bit more than us. We're okay. we're, we're second to them. Um, so so they, how many junior teams? How many junior teams do they put together with the kids coming yeah. out of the GTHL? Right. Yeah. They well, all play okay. in all these junior areas. Yeah, and so here, so how did they determine A? You said the answer A, double A, triple A. How did they determine that? Yeah. Through population. Right. So in LaSalle, I'll use LaSalle minor hockey. They're a double A center. Yep. And eight, right? That's what they are. They're double A and A center because of population. They're 30,000. Yeah. Yeah. We have maybe the biggest, or this, we have for sure 100% the second biggest footprint in Canada. Yep. And we're B hockey. Yeah. It doesn't make sense by following our own rules, not, yeah. not ones that we're hoping. This is how we determine population. 
Well, if we take that attitude towards it, we're junior A. Yeah. Yeah. yeah without an argument, right? Like you're, yeah. it's, it's, it's done, but it's not. Yeah. And this, uh, is, this is where it gets convoluted, right? When, yeah. When, when, yeah. when the people at the top, all the red tape, as you call it, and the people that are, that are supposedly smarter, making more money, you know, this is where, this is where it gets lost in this vortex. Right. Well, we, yeah. you know, why would we do that? We've been doing it this way for so long and it's, it works. Well, well, they're upset. They'll get over it. But, but, you know, in order to make progress and to grow, we have to challenge ourselves constantly, you know, and whether, whether you're an athlete, an association, a business, as you said, John, you know, even, even what I tell, you know, the kids that I work with, unless you embrace the suck sometimes and you go head on into that adversity, you're not going to be able to come out on the other side better. So if something isn't pushing you to grow, if you're not pushing yourself to grow, then you're going to be at the status quo. So I love the message that you guys are taking out to the communities. Um, anybody that's listening that wants to go and support, I'm going to get John to share where you can go and do that uh, at the end of our, our discussion here. Um, but it, it's definitely a worthwhile cause, you know, hockey being a sport that, that I'm close to and my, my community, my friends are, are close to. There's a lot of talented hockey players that are getting caught up in this social recognition of either playing junior B or junior A. And so if we, if we just eliminated those labels, first of all, and I know there's a classification and I understand why, but really, if you look at it now with the communities and the size of them and how they're growing and the number of kids that we could keep in the game or keep yeah. locally to support that local community, it just makes sense. Yeah, that's a great point because even here, like, Kids struggle about, you know, I don't, do I want to play junior C? Do I want to play B? I don't want to play C. Yeah. And they, and some of these guys end up just, they're not playing hockey. Yeah. And imagine if that had said junior A, was that their motivation? You know, was that their, what they wanted because their dreams were to go to the NHL and live the yeah. dream? And, you know, and it's, and, and as much as people say, well, how's, everyone, how's it going to change? I said, it's going to change everything. It's going to change. Number one, people are going to be reaching out to us to come join. Like, for instance, for LaSalle, we got the border 10 minutes from yeah. our rink, right? So maybe we get players from Michigan that want to come over Leamington, Chatham. Yeah. They're only, they're only 45 minutes off the border. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they're playing, these kids get to play close to home. And now they don't have to go to the BCHL or the null, or maybe they didn't make the null, but it's another. Yeah. So what it's going to do eventually it won't happen right away, but we're going to put the better players within our, within our footprint yeah. into our teams, all our 26 teams. And keep them and I think it's game. just going to be, keep them in the game. Yeah. You know, love the game, man. Let keep, we, we, you, we have to feed the passion. You have to feed passion no matter what. And when you see guys that aren't getting passionate, you got to find ways as an adult, as a parent, as a coach to do something to kind of regenerate that passion. Right. And I think it would, I think it would take off here big time in yeah. regards to getting more fans. And that's one of ours is Rob, like we already get four or 500 a game. That's right. Not bad. And so up in, but up in the little call, we'll just talk about the OJ. Yeah. We both know the, at their games they're getting 100 people yeah and 70 of them are grandparents grandmother uncles aunts father dad blah 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 right yeah. and that's great but we already get four or five hundred we have sarnia gets a thousand to twelve hundred a game so we're in a, that environment we went we love like lasalle loves going to sarnia yeah just because it's like the biggest throwback that's awesome. it's an exciting barn it's totally old school yeah, yeah. and the game is always old school it's yeah. just the way the game is because it's so small. Eh? It's a yeah. real small barn. So you, yeah. you're just bumping into each other all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So like imagine a place like that. They're getting 1,200 now a game. You know, maybe yeah. they're starting to get 2,000 a game. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, so I think there's just so many positives where, you know, the best way I think is, is growing the game, growing the you game. know, and there's so many ways we can go with that. But, uh, but that's the part that I think we need to do for the players. Yeah. Not for the membership. You know, I think part of it too, like to your point, these small communities really is where the game is going to thrive because you get here in Toronto, you know, whether, you know, whether it's, you know, Oakville or, you know, uh, you know, whatever some of the other junior A teams are, Vaughn, but they're great community, but you're right. The people that are coming to the game are just pretty much family and friends. Nobody's lining yeah. up to go, you know, watch Devon King's junior A team play or the, the you know, the, the, the uh, junior Canadians. They're not getting that yeah. because there's, there's the, the culture here is so diverse. There's so many other things to do. Am I going to go watch a junior A hockey game or would I go maybe watch an American league game or, you know, if you can afford it, go to the NHL game or sit home and watch yeah. it on TV. Right. Yeah. I'll I'm give not you two saying cool that the stories. hockey isn't, isn't, yeah. isn't good, but, but there's so many other things to do. So I'll give you a cool, two cool stories and just my experience. So our last two game sevens, so go back pre-COVID, were yeah. against Chatham Maroons. So game seven in LaSalle, it was, it was 2017, game seven, lineup. We fit about 13, 1400 standing room, okay? So deep, I'm talking a couple hundred deep outside, not in yet. We, yeah. our, our Brad Dorino, our, uh, operate, one of our operations guys went out. And you had to cut the line off and say, sorry, guys, I can't. And everyone just said, come on, let me in, let me in. So we had about 1,500 people in for game. We lost yeah. uh, game seven. Now, flip that. We, two years ago in COVID, we were down three games to one. We got up to back to game seven. And it wasn't the exact same scenario. Yeah. But we had, a, we had a nice crowd for that game, like 800, 900,000 people. Yeah. They're not getting that in other centers. Yeah. We are. Yeah. You know, so like, let's make that a, let's make the best quality hockey we can have for the kids yeah. and then let them enjoy that environment. I mean, you know, that that environment is, well, it just breeds it, success. It, it just breeds success. And it, yeah. it's just so many uh, tangibles to it and up and it's just jammed and you're, you know, it just motivates There's everybody. Better. There's nothing better. Nothing better. Coming out on the ice like that. Nothing better. That's I awesome. remember I went to quad city in the, in the colonial, they went to quad city my first time going there. Yeah, sold out, man. It was like yeah, eleven thousand people, and it was they have a barn like London Knights. Yeah, yeah, and it was my closest thing to saying, "Okay, man, this is unreal." Like I, yeah. I'm a dumbass for not putting my best foot forward <laughs> trying to make the show. You know what I mean? Not that I would have, but so. Hey, but anyways, yeah. that's the that's the past, right? That's the woulda, coulda, shouldas that we could talk about now and help these kids through these minefields as we ran through. Uh, blind, blew them all blind. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Matt Brayton, Bill, and, uh, and, uh, Bill, Bill Everson. Everson. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. They would lead the way for us. Some buttes, so. some buttes for sure. Oh yeah. Awesome. Time. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what's going on there. It's, it's, it's exciting. The kids yeah. are excited around here, which is nice. They're always asking me when, when like, they even know that I don't have answers, but they're like, when, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, just gotta, you gotta be patient. And you know, that's for the guys that make the big bucks to make those decisions. But yeah, I think we've done a great job as a, as a membership in the GOJHL and, and, uh, so hopefully they, they make the right decision for us. So. Yeah, well, good luck with that, John. Let me know anything I can do to support it on my end. You know, um, it, do you have a, a website or something where you can share where people can go to? Well, not, but they have the, you can go hashtag stuff. If you, if you are interested in doing it, you can post stuff on your Facebook and your social media. You can yeah. just write a little blurb. Um, the hashtag that we're using is hashtag GOJHL. Okay. Um, so they get everything. So they see everything comes in and they share it back out. And uh, so we're always, so it's just, uh, 
you know, it takes, it's going to be a process. And, and yep. uh, I think in the end, uh, um, you know, I, I really, I really do. I'm excited for the kids to make, if they make the right decision for it. Well, this is where it all starts up here, right? Let's start believing yeah. that it's going to happen and let's all put our minds into it and we can make this happen. Get the, get the GOJHL with their junior A status and get these kids uh, staying in the game longer and, and promoting local talent. Um, so, uh, hey, John, what, uh, what time we got coming up on here? 205. 205. Um, listen, I think we could talk for another couple hours. I feel like we're just oh, yeah. t- t- hitting the, yeah. I- the tip of the iceberg here. Um, for for time's sake, we're going to do this again. I want to get back on with you, but um, let's um, let's let's make a point to to reconnect here. Uh, appreciate you coming on, John. Um, I, I'm sure we we could get into some more stories for sure. Good luck with everything that's going on in the G um, and your your opportunity to to get them to Junior A. Good luck with the LaSalle team um, and with uh, your hockey school and the Shooter Tutor. Um, I got uh, just give everybody quickly where they can get find you on the, uh, the the World Wide Web. Yeah, so they can go to a couple of the Vipers, obviously LaSalle Vipers, but also uh, I appreciate you letting me put a little plug in for Perfect yeah. Shot Shooter Tutor. It'll change. It, it's it's an incredible. I'm not I'm being a little biased, probably, but it is a great a concept that makes the kids keep their head up when they're shooting, which yep. is probably one of the hardest things to to learn. So go to perfectashot.com and check what it is out. It perfectashot.com. Perfectashot.com. Okay. And uh, give us a little, uh, in our hockey school, proven performance hockey school. We've been around for 15 years, and uh, we do a great job. We make sure the kids always have a great experience. That's one of our philosophies with me and Jimmy. And uh, we're executing it and having fun uh, doing what we're doing. So I appreciate that. Awesome, John. Appreciate you sharing. My last question, I ask this of everybody before I let them go. If you had a billboard on the road of life, what would your billboard say? I'm going to do a double here. I kind of, kind of, now that you're saying this, I kind of gave away my answer a little bit. Own your story and be, and persevere. Love that. Awesome, my friend. It was yeah. amazing catching up, John. Good to see you, man. You too. And, you uh, too, Rob. It was everything. awesome. Yeah, and, if uh, I can help you in my way too, like I, what I'll do, I'm going to chat with you. And now we got Zoom or the you know yeah. the Zoom stuff. So I'd like to have you inside our dressing room with our guys and do do uh, do your magic with them and talk about stuff. And and uh, I'd love to have you kind of share your experience with them and and help help us win a championship. Well, so. perfect, John. We're going to talk about that right now, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, my good buddy Johnny Nelson, LaSalle Vipers. G-O-J-A-H-L, hashtag use it. Go follow them and uh, appreciate you all for tuning in today. So there you go, guys. Own your story. Uh, What a great billboard from my good buddy, Johnny Nelson. Uh, Wish him continued success uh, with the uh, LaSalle Vipers and the hockey school, obviously. And go check out Perfect-A-Shot Shooter Tutor. I've seen this. It's pretty incredible. Great for keeping your head up and especially for young players. You want to be looking at the net when you're shooting. Uh, Check it out. Appreciate you guys tuning in. And again, if you uh, got anything out of it, please give it a like and a share. Let me know you're out there. And thanks again for listening. I'm Rob Palante, and this has been another edition of Mindset Body Bank.